Welcome to Sticks and Taps, where the conversation is hockey and the keg is always cold. The games will be on soon, so let's step up to the bar, grab a pint, get into it. Your host, Paul Cuthbert and Liam McGuire. Slanta, fellas, and don't forget to pay your tabs. Ah, be Jesus, Seamus, thank you so much there for the introduction. Welcome aboard, ladies and gentlemen, Sticks and Taps, broadcasting on the Go Hockey Media. Yours truly, Mr. Paul Cuthbert, here in New York. And please say hello from the great city of Ottawa, Mr. Liam McGuire. Be Jesus, man. Welcome to the pub. What's going on, sir? Always great to be in the pub, Polly. Great to hear your voice, buddy. Looking forward to another show, and uh, things are good, my friend. Things are good. I'll be Jesus. I tell you, man, it's cold. It's freezing down here. I don't know what's going up. You gave me a great weather report last week. Yeah. But I'm telling you, buddy, you got to bundle up down here, man. It is frigid. Yeah, hey. Eh? Uh, we're, we're not having uh, too, too cold a day today. I mean, it's it's not balmy by any means here at the end of uh, end of January, second last day in January. But it's uh, not snippy out. I don't know what it is, minus uh, 10 or 12 or something, maybe minus 18 with the wind chill Celsius. But, uh, I, I, you know, I don't find that very cold, to be honest with you, Polly. I mean, uh, you throw a, you know, dress warmly and go out. It's not like you got to walk five miles to get anywhere. So it's, uh, you know, throw the heat on in the vehicle and you're good to go, pal. Good old Gretzky turtleneck get you where you're going and a shot of whiskey, buddy. <laughs> Thomas Mechanic turtleneck and a shot of whiskey and you get anywhere you need to go. Oh, happy days. So look, buddy, let's get uh, right out of the gate here and let's uh, let's put a bow on this All-Star weekend. Uh, what do you think, um, you know, as far as, you know, we touched on it last uh, uh, week in terms of, you know, the format and everything. But obviously, it's been here and, and through. Um, you know, I didn't get to really watch too much of it. And I got to tell you, the, the interest wasn't really there for me. But did, did you check in yeah. and uh, anything you want to say about it? Oh, well... You know, we're doing a weekly, although if this was a daily, we'd be starting with Tachuk and Cassian. I know we're going to get to it, but uh, uh, in terms of the All-Star, just to recap, Paulie, um, uh, it was usual, I think, you know. Uh, I mean, they tried the, the, the something different. The shooting up in the stands, I think, had had a little bit of intrinsic value from a fan's point of view. It was different um, watching That's the players. That's stupidly. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, it is what it is. They're going to do it again next year. So, you know, it, uh, they're just they're just going to change some of the scoring. Uh, but, uh, parent, again, the, 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 the testing that they did in terms of uh, feedback and, and how they solicited it and where they solicited it obviously didn't go to your house. But um, they uh, they got they got good reviews on it. So what I'm hearing anyway in the early stages here, we're talking 12 months out basically. But what I'm hearing is that will be back for sure, and and they're just going to tinker a little bit with it. So I mean, really, the the whole thing is really kind of stupid. They went to electronic <laughs> targets for the for the uh, shooting accuracy. I don't even know. So, you know, I, I, I don't know, man. I mean, it's... it's and then um, the player trackers. I mean, anything but the game distractions, you know? I mean, it's just very gimmicky, I think, Liam, more than anything. We, we, we touched on it last week. The players don't want to be there. Yep. Nobody else outside the host city gives a damn. And the All-Star game is for primarily the kids, your the home city, and and the sponsors there. and that, And that's really it. You know, that's it. There, there is nothing else of value, really, to the game of the weekend other than for the home city. It's a big thing, man. And that's why they bid on it or get it and move it around and everything else and why it'll never go away. 
Like, it doesn't matter. We could sit here for half an hour and absolutely no, shit all over. We're not. It's we're not, not going to do it. it I'm does. not going to waste the time, brother. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I mean, the point is, I watched it, and I threw an eye on it. Look, I, I, the hardest shot, whatever, uh, the fastest skater. Like, this is the only thing I've said about it, and we can move on very quickly. But the, the point is, is that they feel they have to have somebody representing every team. To, to me... That's that's ridiculous. Take the best players. I think you could get a huge step up of credibility if you could do that. Number two, for the skills contest, every single team in the NHL does this themselves. So it's very easy to go down the line and see, okay, who were the fastest skaters? Like Connor McDavid did not win the fastest skater on the Edmonton Oilers this year. Did you know that? No, I had no idea. Yeah, no, it was Negard. Negard beat him. And now look at he's got a reconstructive knee. And I know he went uh, two one hundredths of a second or something faster than last year. And Barzell had a great lap and, and, and beat him. But Connor wasn't even the fastest oiler this year. So, you know, I mean, it always pissed me off that we never got a chance to see like Paul Byron or, or back in the day, like Russ Cortnell. Who was faster than Russ Cortnell when they started doing the fastest skater? We never got a chance to see Rusty in it. He was winning his team's competition year after year, but we never got to see him. So, you know, there's a couple of subtle things they could do, I think would be an instant shot in the arm of credibility. But otherwise, the whole thing, really, look, it's like, it's really like social media. If you got nothing nice to say, don't say anything and and just move on with your life. And, uh, you know, we're doing a hockey thing here, so we got to comment on it, but I mean, uh, I thought, you know, Shea looked good winning the hardest shot, and that was pretty cool. And, uh, uh, you know, I mean, the women played um, uh, three on threes probably. They should probably go four on four. I didn't find it. Uh, it really showcased the best of what they have to offer in a three on three because it's a different game than the men. But that'll be back next year, too, they said. Maybe they'll tinker with that. And So, Liam, let, otherwise- me, ask you, let me ask you right there. Let me just pause right there. If the All-Star game is a vehicle to be used to showcase the game and the stars and the talent, and the primary product that you're putting on for the All-Star weekend is almost everything that the way the game is not played on a regular basis. So if, if you're trying to get new fans to the game, for argument's sake, I mean, is, is that out the window? They really don't care about the new fans? Because the only people who really get this are us you know, maybe they're trying to keep us there because they want to show something different. But if you're trying to promote the game, right, you're not really promoting the the actual way the game is played during the course of the season and obviously to win the, the, the championship. So you get fans going in, oh, this is how they play all the time, three on three, the trick shots, all this stuff. They don't get to really see the, the full, you know, five on five, six for six, I should say, and, and everything else and see the full capacity of the game. I'm just kind of curious. I mean, at this day and age, you know, we, we, the purists say, you know, us hockey fans, you know, the diehards are the diehards. They know the game. Uh, the Fairweather fans, if the league is actually trying to get those people to become ticket buyers and, and uh, you know, product buyers and all that other stuff, wouldn't it pay for them to really maybe showcase the game the way it's really played? How? Just do the regular game. <laughs> just do the regular. What I'm trying to say is just showcase the game the way they used to. Play the game the way it's played during the regular league instead of, you know, putting these three-on-three, three, you know, these these matches well, you of can't, all the divisions, it, you know? I mean, if you, if, if, if look, the, the history of the game hasn't evolved. When full salary disclosure came out 
in, in the early 1990s. And all everybody finally knew what their neighbor was making on the ice. If people want to know when the game changed, that's when it changed. That's when it became all of a sudden a whole lot less competitive, a whole lot less hitting. The, the penalties dried up. There used to be penalties. I told you this last week. The game back in the day was a badge of honor to play in it and to represent your team and uh, or whatever and then try and win the game. They didn't have all this stuff, right? This is this is all product of how our world has evolved and the entertainment capacity that we feel we have to give. That's that's the bottom line there in terms of historical how things have changed. Secondly is no, they they're not trying to grow the game with the All-Star game, Polly. I think that's quite apparent. They they are they are just trying to put on a show for the kids who enjoy it. As I told you last week, when I was here in Ottawa, I took my son and a bunch of his teammates went with their dads and they loved it. And they loved it. They were all at that time in their mid-teens and uh, they enjoyed the whole theater, the uh, the ambiance, the pre-show, post-show, post-game, everything, all the trophies being there, the big uh, assembly uh, room stuff where we all were was... Uh, no, the, the whole weekend, uh, to me, I, whatever. I told you, I did a couple of interviews there, whatever. I was hired, did some stuff, but it, it's not, they're not trying to grow the game. It's it's for the kids, it's for the home city, it's for the sponsors, and that's it. And the rest of it, they just gimmick up and hope they can draw maybe a uh, uh, percentage of fans in, and then the weekend's over and everybody goes back to reality, and it's over, and that's it, that's all. Where is it next year in Florida, I believe? And yeah. uh, they'll do. They're, they're doing the same thing, man. Not, I mean, a couple subtle changes. Otherwise, it'll be the same. And we'll be, <laughs> we'll be, you'll be on where? We'll be on together. Or I'll be on somewhere. And we're <laughs> going to say the same thing about the All Star Game. That's been said basically for probably fifteen plus years now. The same thing, year in and year out, and it will never, ever, 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 ever change. The appreciation, the lack thereof, of it. Never going to change, pal. Never. All right. Maybe next year they'll have a couple of little fellas running up and down on the on the ceiling there, and, and the goaltenders can just skate around on the ice, and they'll drop pucks, and the goalies have to try and catch them. <laughs> something who knows? Stupid. Who, who, who knows? You said uh, you didn't watch it anyway. So, you know, I mean, it's a free way, weekend for you from, from getting away from hockey. You can you re-indee- reintroduce think, yourself to your family. But- but I think that's, uh, but you know, you know, when when you say that, yes, for me, yeah, I, I didn't tune in and didn't watch it, and I guess maybe the thing is, is because I've been turned off by it, by the way they've changed it. Whereas I used to watch it religiously every year, kind of like I get together and you know, we we watch the Winter Classic, you know, we'll watch the stadium games uh, that they play, like uh, you know, the Heritage Classics that are anything that's a, on a, on a, an event like that. I'm tuned in. I want to see it. I think the NHL has, uh, has done fantastic things as far as, you know, the outdoor game and, and productions, you know, and I think it's a blast what they do with the with the awards now in Vegas and stuff like that because they let loose and they have a little fun, and I think it's good stuff. With regards to the All-Star game, it's been a turnoff for me. That's why I didn't watch it. So that's that's kind of get it. Now, And I, you make fantastic points about, like I said, the kids enjoying it and everything else, and if they ever bring it back to New York, damn sure I'm going to bring my kids to it if I can. There's no doubt about it. So I'm with well, you Well, there you that. go. Yeah. Man, you're answered, you just answered your own question. You just yes. answered your own question right there. It's not, it's not the games aren't for you. Yeah. They're, they're not for you. You are not the demographic they're going after. They're not trying to grow the game with the All-Star game. And they're not going after Paulie Cuthbert or Liam McGuire. I watch it anyway. I just do. You know, it, it's 
I just do whatever. I don't put it Especially on my day. Especially the local phone. pub is having a special. I watched like a Friday night. I watched at a bar. I watched the whole skills contest at a bar Friday night. I didn't even. I just. I had a little screen right there in a the table. I was there with a bunch of people, and uh, and and I watched it and whatever. You know, I wasn't riveted to it, but I had an eyeball on it. I watched the stuff on Saturday. Bing, bang, boom. It's over. But it's not for us. It's for the kids. I don't know what point you're referring to in your life. When you said you looked forward to watching it, because that's a long, long, long time ago for me. I mean, I'll tell you this: when the North Americans played uh, played the um, uh, the Euros uh, for five years, ninety eight to 03 or oh two collectively, I thought those games. Uh, I mean, uh, they had Mark Messier mic'd up on the bench when they were down three nothing. They said, "Hey guys, let's go here." They think this is a real game here, so let's go. And and uh, North America came on and, and ended up winning the game eight seven. But that game, yeah, and again, there was no hitting, but it was a lot more intensity than you see in this. But that's 20 years ago, so I don't know if sure if that's what you're referring to or if you're referring to back when you were a kid or whatever. I don't know. No, but, I just think to just the general format of just a regular game. You know, whether it was the, the you know North America versus Europe or whatever, I think just, I guess for me, just going back to the regular game format and everything else. Well, they weren't hitting anyway. I mean, I mean, well, no, I, I it, know. Are you telling me that uh, 25 years ago when the score was 16 to 14 that you were you were right in there for all 30 goals? Like hanging? I, come on. <laughs> no, I'm not going to lie to you that was hanging, but it, I was, I would, I would watch the game. I, you know, you'd play it off with a fact. Like, you know, I'm just saying there was more of a, it was more of an intrigue to it because it was more of a standard way of watching it. I guess, you know, it's it's old school, Liam, I guess. You know, we talked about that too last week. It's like, you, you know, uh, it, it, yeah, it does reach out to more fact when you were a younger guy and what you remember growing old to it. So, yes, so this is the, the, the conversation now of the fact that the game is progressing and, and who the game is for. I guess it's the same way, like, the, the, the older kids that are screaming at the new Star Wars movies are like, oh, it's nothing like the originals. Well, when the originals came out, we were seven years old. You know, so the movies are made for kids. So you, you got to watch it like it's a kid. So you got to put that. Maybe that's just the angle Jesus. I'm looking at it. Look, we're. Uh. Still, <laughs> I, I know where you're coming from. We're having a little fun digging on it. Like I said, I get it. For I guess it's like anything else. It's on. You want to watch it? You watch it. If you have that's uh, it. That's you know. it. Book it next year to as a as a weekend. You know, to do something else. Simple as that. Absolutely. All right, buddy, let's move on here. Um, the guy we talked about last week, uh, and obviously the, the guy you wrote the column for, the blog for, and everybody can grab it at Liam's uh, LinkedIn and, and on his Twitter account, uh, Liam's underscore hockey. Uh, Ovi gets uh, 693 last night. He passes Eisenman. Um, so we're watching that as he as he moves forwards uh, towards 700 there. And, and the other thing he did, too, and we've got to touch on as well, uh, with respect to uh, Kobe Bryant and all the other, his daughter and, and the other lost souls there on that uh, unfortunate uh, tragedy there, uh, the helicopter crash, uh, Ovi um, wore number 24 in warm-ups yesterday. So let's talk about him getting 693 then and, and, and maybe just a, a little take on, on, on Kobe and, and just the effect, uh, you know, when any anybody passes away, obviously, and, you know, that you know, um, it's it's always sad, obviously. Uh, but when when it's a sports figure, and it it, it kind of gets magnified as well, too. But uh, just your take, number one. Let's start with the goal, and then we'll touch on Kobe there, Liam. Well, the goal is a can of corn, probably out of the six hundred ninety-three scores, got to be right right up there in the top two or three of the easiest. I mean, there there was uh, uh, just a misplay. The puck came out. He had an open net. Bing, bang, boom. He scores. So he'll, he, you know, he's gonna. The, the march will continue. We touched on it last week, as you said, and um, 
Um, you know, and I, I, I had the blog and I put it up there and, and I know it's, you know, it's been, uh, garnered some comments and, and whatnot, Mo- mostly sadly, just from people who misunderstood <laughs> what I was trying to write, you know, but that's social media. It's hard to, hard to get people to understand. Sometimes I, I was referring to the one dimensional goal score, uh, which is why I didn't have Wayne or Mario, uh, in the discussion. Uh, the one dimensional goal score to me over a career, Ovi's number one already, and now he's marching towards the statistic uh, which is the all-time chase and Wayne. So he's, he's 201 goals back from tying him. And uh, it's going to be great to watch the theater here and see how it goes. But, uh, yeah, so he got 693 last night. And uh, pregame wears 24, honoring Kobe Bryant. Uh, mate, he's maybe one of the most, um, one of the biggest stories in terms of a loss of life, a shocking loss of life from a tragedy that there's been in sports, maybe ever. And, and definitely, uh Definitely in the discussion of some of the bigger ones in that in my lifetime and 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 maybe ever. It's it just so 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 sad, so tragic. And um, the the way his memory has been honored and with all the suppose in the NDA NBA the uh, teams taking the twenty four second time violations and the eight second uh, over half court violation for his two numbers and like you said, Ovi wearing twenty four. Uh, the other team last night walking in. Um, uh, all the, uh, the the memories on the scoreboards and the acknowledgements and the tributes that have poured in on the NHL rinks last night. And, and I'm sure we'll see that ongoing for weeks, if not months, in the other sports. And uh, it's just uh, just a sad, sad, sad time, man. You just so you feel for his wife and the remaining children and the other passengers, their families from this. Nine people. It's just insane. Absolutely insane. And uh uh, you just, you just, it's just, uh, it was shocking. Uh, you know, I read it on Twitter, probably not long after it first went up on a few minutes. I was home watching some sports last Sunday and when the news broke in, uh, Eastern time here, just after three o'clock and, uh, that he was on the, on the helicopter and there was no news at that time about his daughter. And there was some misinformation that came out originally, but at the end of the day, now we know, and uh, and none of it's good. It's just a tragedy of epic proportions, and just feels so bad for all the families uh, that lost loved ones in that. And you know, Paulie, uh, I'll tell you, first thought, man, that came to me. I, you know, a year and a half ago, I was in a helicopter uh, being flown by a pretty well-known guy. I know uh, Kobe wasn't the pilot here, but Gila Fleur has his pilot's license, and he's um. He's a well-known helicopter pilot now operating out of Montreal. In fact, it's it's all it's a part-time living for him. Wow. He runs uh, he runs junkets all the time, golf junkets mostly uh, during the summer down to uh, you know into uh, all various parts of New York State and different places where you would go uh, uh, you know it, with, with by helicopter travel as opposed to say um, a commercial flight. But he picked me up at. Um, at a Rockcliffe Air Base here, uh, which is uh, sort of in the uh, northeast end of the city of Ottawa. And uh, he had two friends with him. And when we got in this helicopter and we flew to the town of Shawville, Quebec, uh, to visit a, a man who was dying of terminal cancer, and we'd set this all up. And Guy agreed to do it on his dime, his time. It was unbelievable. But it was only the second time I've ever been in a helicopter. For anybody who's never been in, it's it's a little unnerving. Have you ever been in? Have you ever been in a helicopter? No, I've never ridden in a helicopter. It's uh, I've, and I, it's it's I'm I'm in awe of them. I, I you know I've like I you know I just it's just how they operate and everything else. And 
and uh, being a military historian myself, uh, a geek in that way in terms of just, uh, you know, how they've been used, rescue and all that other stuff. But, no, I got a buddy of mine who's a, he's a medvac paramedic uh, who flies in the choppers all the time. But, no, myself, I haven't been in one, man. Yeah. Well, I mean, again, myself only twice, so I'm no expert by any means. But I can tell you, uh, you get in it when they take off. It's it's a different sensation. That's for sure. It's a different feeling and the angles that they fly at sometimes. And of course, just the proximity of being in one. But uh, obviously the one Kobe, the one I was in, there was four of us in there. We, I think I'm trying to think back it's about a year and a half ago, we might have been able to get a fifth person in. So would not have been anywhere near as big as uh has the one that uh, that that Kobe and his daughter perished in, but uh, there was no way you would have got nine people in the one that Guy was flying. But mm-hmm. but um, I know that um, uh, the one that Guy was flying was was a very expensive helicopter. It was top of the line, and 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 you know, I mean, I, the other thing that struck me about when when I got in with him, both going there and coming back from Shawville, was how long the preparation was before we actually lifted off. Yeah, like. We we had we had the like the the you know the blades I guess lack of a better term what they call them the blades uh, they were they were running for a long time you know he he goes through quite a checklist uh, before he got that puppy up in the air I know it's like that for flights too we just never would see it well here it's right in front of you so you're seeing it you know you get on a plane you sit at the back they're doing all that but uh but it's um it just it just kind of struggling it's wow you know I mean there's a lot of things you really want to I guess make sure are cool before you before you get going but. Uh, Anyway, man, hey, uh, you throw your thoughts in there, but uh, those are mine. Just condolences to all and uh, just an absolute tragic of epic proportions. And certainly, uh, you know, you talk about the Humboldt bus crash or, or the plane crash in, 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 uh, in Russia in 2011, I believe it was. I was in Ireland, actually, when, when that accident happened and uh, on a golf trip in Ireland and got that news, uh, the locomotive team there. And um, just, just tragic, tragedies, 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 just Unreal, man. Yeah, I mean, obviously, it's it's a part of everyday life. I mean, you know, just general ways that people, you know, unfortunately pass on. I guess the the conversation here, in, in light of the fact when it's, you know, it's a big star or somebody who's had a mass appeal to so many people on 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 so many different levels. Whether you either you're, if you, even if you're not a basketball fan or you're not even a Lakers fan. You know, you know who Kobe Bryant is. Uh, obviously, how young he was, and and the effect that he, you know, he's had on the game, and and also today with technology and the exposure, and you know, you can, uh, you know, you can sit there and just kind of reminisce, and then really feel the full impact of the individual above any normal average citizen that goes out every day and lives their lives, and you know, every everything is equal in in that sense. I mean, as a musician, you know, Neil passing away of, uh, you know, natural causes, you know, the drummer from Russia, obviously. I mean, yeah. uh, as a musician, a guy I just not only just adored and loved and was a fan of, but, I mean, you know, the other thing is is you learn more about a guy like Kobe Bryant, a guy like Neil Part, because you, you find out about their, their personalities, and you almost, you get to know them more than you would obviously, you'd never get to know when you read the paper and you, you you read about somebody, you know, getting into a car crash or something like that. You don't know that person, and and then unfortunately you you flip the page when it's something that you know and it's just, it's just part of the uh, the stardom. What I'm getting at here is like, you know, Kobe's passing and and you know Neil's passing. It it it, it affects people number one who are the fans who are devoted and and everything else. So it's it's just a um, it's a very um 
surreal type of uh, way to look at things, and everybody just has their own magnification of it and, and their own effects on it as well, too. So, um, you know, and that, and then you think of the, you know, the Humboldt tragedy, and obviously when it's at its smallest point, when it gets down to the, the people who actually really lost that loved one and that person and in, in those communities and, and in those households, I mean, that's where obviously the ultimate sadness is, and then all of us here on the outside are, are just, you know, affected in a completely different way but um it's just interesting to to uh, you know you wish it never happened you don't want it to ever happen it's just been interesting to to see how uh i guess the general public deals when a popular figure like a kobe bryant or neil Peart passes away yeah well i think he transcended his sport i, I think that's that's clear i mean basketball's Maybe next to soccer, uh, maybe one of the maybe the most popular sport in the world. I don't know, but I, I would assume that it would be in the top few. And I would think soccer's number one the world over, and basketball would be right up there. It's just uh, you know you don't need a lot to play it, right? So it's uh, it's the way you go. It's a global sport, and he was a global figure, and and plus a brand too. The Lakers, everything. He was a winner, he's a champion. Uh, you know, one of the top scorers of all time. I mean, this is the thing. He was in the news recently anyway with with LeBron passing him and then he yeah. you know he puts the message out and you know well that was what 48 or 72 hours before or something I mean it wasn't long anyway and and it's uh it's uh so that's, that's a shocking uh loss and for sure today now with everybody having an ability to chime in as I often say you know back in the day you would have to phone a radio show or write a letter to an editor how else could you put a public comment anywhere you didn't have an opportunity now everybody does in the blink of an eye and and many have so so it is uh it is what it is and uh, like you said at the start of this particular uh thread um uh it happens every day you know we lose there's people everybody sadly accidents and uh, but it's uh, this is a massive name in sports and in the, in terms of global knowledge, people know this man, and uh, and uh, it's uh, it's brought it it's brought that type of attention because of it. So it's just condolences all around, man. And uh, like I must have seen enough, I don't know how many times, hundreds and hundreds of hundreds on social media. You're a parent, I'm a parent, and a lot of people saying, "Hug your children a little closer today," or. Hug a loved one or tell somebody you love them because you just don't know. You just don't know uh, what could happen tomorrow. And uh, thereby the grace of God go I. So, you know, it is what it is and, and uh, a shocker and just condolences to all involved and, and the others who lost their lives as well, their families. It's just a tragedy of, of epic proportions because of the not, not only the magnitude with nine losing their lives, three children, three young girls, which just really breaks your heart, and then and then of course the loss of life of the men and uh, and the pilot, and it's just uh, it's just a an absolutely insane tragedy. The magnitude of it, just so 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 sad. Well said, brother. And of course the uh, the human spirit must carry on as yeah. it does. Uh, not so easily all the time, but uh, we do carry on. So uh, mad love and respect to uh, everyone involved with that. Uh, 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 incident. And thanks for your thoughts on that, Liam. Good stuff. All right, buddy. Let's um let's get back into the hockey here and let's touch on this uh, battle of Alberta last night uh, between the Oils and the Flames. A uh, bit of a hype there, obviously, with uh, Cashin and uh, Kachuk and all the festivities. Uh, the uh, Flames come out on top. Shootout goal, Monahan there. There was some nice goals last night, man. It was a pretty good game in there. Uh, 
man, the names on uh, these Yamamoto here on Edmonton, and uh, uh, how do you man, what Mangiapane? He had a couple. He had a couple nice goals. Benning's goal was nice there too last night. So uh, you had yeah, highlight. Uh, it was it was for me. You know, checking out the highlights and um, you know uh, tuning in. It was great to see like the old back and forth that uh, you know. Uh, Northwestern Canadian hockey and, and, you know, obviously years ago growing up and the, the old days with the old Flames teams and the old Oilers teams and everything else. So you see all the new stars and it's uh, a pretty good muck. You had the drama there. And as far as, um, you know, I want you to take us into that as far as how you felt, uh, you know, the Cassian Kachuk thing played out. And, yeah. and I was reading a review and we were talking about it before, too. And I'm reading a review <laughs> here on NHL.com. And they didn't even mention that they fought last night. I'm like, man, what the hell? What? talk hey. about a cover up, buddy. Holy <laughs> lifting. Man, oh man. What the? Is this Watergate? <laughs> what, the, what the hell? I, I don't know how anybody anywhere, especially uh, NHL.com, if they didn't report, that should have been the lead story that, is that there was uh, those guys fought. Uh, that, should have, that should have precipitated anything that was written about that game last night. Should have started with the fact that they did fight and lead up into it. Uh, how they didn't. But look, that's NHL.com. Consider the source. I mean, they're. They they don't you know they 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 just they've never been one to sort of even talk about that in any way shape or form in 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 past instances in their existence uh, several years worth now that they've been up and running and uh, and they certainly probably never will on go on a go forward anyway back to it so first of all it lived up to the hype so number one you're able to shove it down the throats of all social media who said nothing would happen wrong answer boys so uh, it lived up to the hype. And and uh, that's number one. And the thing is, is that um, uh, there was a game within the game. So for one, they didn't start. They didn't. They did, uh, Edmonton was the home rink last night. They say their lineup last. So Calgary didn't have to choke in the um, in the in the starting lineup. So Edmonton didn't put uh, Cassian out there. So when they did have their first shift against each other, you know, uh, you could see they had words. And Tachuk gave him a little slash on the uh, on the legs as they as they dropped the puck, but there was no fight. But they were talking. Now we didn't know at the time, but we found out after that uh, that uh, Tachuk was saying, "Are we going or what?" And uh, Cassian said, "Not just yet, you know." <laughs> so he he he. Uh, and I'm going to tell you a, a funny backup story to that going way back as soon as I finish this. But so on top of that, uh, so they didn't go, and and uh, and there's not, and and the game is is dirty. I mean, it's it's chippy. There's hitting. There's there was a couple of big hits. It was close. Calgary had the lead. Calgary took the lead, maintained the lead, and actually played a little bit better. But that Edmonton power play is lethal. They scored a power play goal, and uh, Connor got an assist on it. And uh, Dreisaitl got another point. He got another assist. He got two. Connor got one. But the game ends up tied at the end. But anyways, at the fight. So the first fight, there were two fights in the game, and Ryan Nugent Hopkins and Sean Monahan. So Sean Monahan has his first fight ever in NHL history, and he fights Nugent Hopkins, who had his third fight, and it was a good scrap. It was a good scrap. So they get their sticks up in front of the bench. I did not see anything that precipitated them coming together before Monahan gave Nugent Hopkins a, a shot across the back. Not a hard one. And Nugent Hopkins turned around, and Monahan was—he was the one who engaged, and they started going. And and the thing that got me, two things about that fight: the buckets came off early, and normally that means a go time for the linesman to get in. They didn't, and not only that, they they actually separated briefly while they were throwing punches, and then came back together. 
and the linesman still didn't jump in. So they both landed some great shots and threw some great shots, and they hit the deck. Well, two minutes later, we had uh, Tuchuk and Cassian. They lined up in the offensive zone uh, to the right of the goalie, so face-off left if you're looking in the offensive zone. Um, Cassian and left wing, Tuchuk, uh, or Tuchuk left wing, Cassian right wing. They had words, and they dropped the gloves and, and had, a, had a spirited battle. That Cassian won on the ten point must system. Nobody got hurt, <laughs> and uh, and they went off and 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 played the rest of the game. Post game comments were um, were all were all like you like you would expect because he needed to fight Cassian. Yes, he did. Yep. For all the morons out there who saying no, he didn't. <laughs> yes, he did. He did need to fight him. He needed to fight him because the first hit from two and a half weeks ago was a brutal cheap shot regardless of the fact that it was not called a penalty, if you did not view that as a gratuitous cheap shot hitting a guy in a vulnerable position, then you're a moron. <laughs> so that the second hit and the rest of the game is what led to Cassian going after Tuchuk in that game. And as we know, the two-game suspension. So he needed to fight him. He, everybody and his brother outside of Calgary has called this guy Turtle Chuck for two and a half weeks. How is he going to live that down? He's a young man, alpha male, in great shape, good size, who comes from a great lineage. Look at his dad. Look yep. at the way his brother plays. He's not afraid. He's not afraid. And, and he had to answer the bell. And he did. And he said it. And he said exactly that in the post game. So, again, the crybabies and the hand-wringing on Twitter is just <laughs> so funny. It's so funny to listen to the crybabies or read them. And anyway, they got it on. They had a little tiff. And Edmonton uh, lost the game in the shootout. It was a great OT. Great OT. Went back and forth. Tons of chances. And uh, Calgary gets in the shootout. Edmonton hits two posts in the shootouts. Uh, Nugent Hopkins and, um, and Connor both hit the post especially Nugent Hopkins, hit it dead on. And uh, so bad luck. But uh, so Calgary moves uh, two points ahead. The Oilers got a couple games in hand, and they play again on the weekend. And there'll yeah. be some more fights. There'll be probably a couple more fights. I don't know if the Chuck and Cassian will get it on again. But you know what happens, Paulie? And this is something, of course, that 98% of the social media world would never be able to conceptualize because none of them ever played a competitive sport beyond tiddlywinks in grade two. So they don't know. But But... When you are involved in that type of battle, whether it's whether it's something that started uh, maybe when you were a younger man in a bar or a dance or something and you had to defend yourself or a family member or a friend, or you take it on a playing field or surface and you get into an altercation and and you're doing it in the confines of the game and the structure of the sporting event. In other words, you're defending yourself or a teammate, or a linemate, or what have you, and you get in that altercation, and if it leads to something, and there's a follow-up, like there was last night to Chuck and Cassian, and when there is that follow-up altercation, it is amazing how many times that that buries the hatchet between those two. You know, and, and uh, that's why I can speak to it, obviously, on a scale so much lower than the National Hockey League, but I 1,000% understand the mentality that existed on why Tuchuk said he needed to take that fight and knew he did and why Cassian said what he did after the game two and a half weeks ago 
and his play on the ice, which led to that two-game suspension. I understand every single solitary iota of it. I agree with it. I believe in the code. Tachuk respected it last night. They had a good little tilt, and, and, uh, and it was a good hockey game. On top of that, it was a good, very good, very well-played hockey game. And I loved it. Absolutely loved it. And, yeah. uh, you know, we'll touch on, get your thoughts, and then we'll touch on the, uh, the real cheap shot of the night, which was uh, the, the knee on, uh, on McDavid. Well, yeah, I mean, we can, I mean, what I want to ask you, just listening to you, and, and I, we, me and you have known each other for quite a long time right now and, and had these discussions about the whole thing. When you, I mean, I can hear it in your voice, but I guess just on a general side, when you get the whole package last night, right? You get the you get the great game. I mean, um, it was just uh, just a great game. It's even uh, you know, Riddich and Smith played great in goal too. It was just great action. Uh, it was a lot of good stuff. And then you have the whole element. So it was kind of like a. An, does it give you hope that at least the players will still manage to kind of take care of this uh, the way it you know, like I said, they should as far as you know uh, the cheap shots and everything else. I mean, this there's a game like that. I mean, we're not we're not encouraging violence. We're not encouraging anybody getting injured or anything like that. But you know, the next thing we're going to talk about here is Giordano and David, as far as that clip and everything, whether it was you know intentional or you know he's looking to you know take him out or whatever the heck it is. But in the full capsule of the whole thing, Liam, does that give you hope when you get to to get to see a game like that and to see it kind of get worked out the way it it, it basically should, as far as the code's concerned? Well, I, I hope for fistic violence every game I watch. So, so it's uh, you know, I mean that's 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 a different story. But I don't want to see anybody get uh, cross-checked from. But yeah, make sure you highlight what I just said there. In fact, I'll repeat it for you very slowly. I hope for fistic violence every single game I watch. I'm gonna steal a quote from Pierre Pilat, the late Pierre Pilat, who won three straight Norris trophies in the Stanley Cup with Chicago in 1961. One of the most one of the most incredible interviews I ever did in my life at the Rex Steimers Arena in St. Catharines, Ontario, in front of 700 people at their home show with myself and Pierre Pilato, who I'd never met before at that time in my life, born in uh, Kyogami, Quebec, on December 11th. In fact, he shared a birth date with his defense partner, Elmer Moose Vasco, and I said to him, Pierre, you know, uh, you, you, were, you were at or near the top of the, every year in penalty minutes, and yet you're a three-time Norris Trophy winner, and you're regarded in your day as one of, if not the best defenseman in your day in the National Hockey League, and you're in the Hockey Hall of Fame. That's quite a combination. And, he, and, and he, he, without even missing a beat, he said, well, Liam, every game I played, I tried to put somebody on a stretcher. <laughs> Every game I played. This came from a Hall of Famer. Now, this is the 1960s. I know it's a different era. But yep. the fact is, is that a little bit of violence and a little bit of hate is good for the game. And the people out there who want the antiseptic, uh, you know, the turn the other cheek and, and please don't hit me too hard. And for God's sake, don't throw a, a punch, much less a dirty look. It's, it's, and I know we're going that way. I know the game, you know, by the time I'm dead and gone, I don't even know what the game's going to look like. It's changed, changed so much. 80% of all the calls are chintzy. They've got no bearing on the game at all. The second referee and how everybody wants the game enforced have led to that. But what you saw last night was the ability to play in 2020 with a little bit of that old school feel and mentality where they were able to do it in the confines of the game because the NHL is, is a business, Polly. It's a big business that's governed by uh, it's the board of governors who are the owners of the 31 teams who collectively 
hired a man named Gary Bettman and his crew to manage their business. And that business works in partnership with the National Hockey League Players Association, who have a man that runs their business named Donald Fear. And they have a collective bargaining agreement between these two entities that run that business. And all the media and all the crybabies and all the little people who get upset anytime there's a little fight can all go stick their head up their arse because that's how the league is run. And I thank God has a fan, arguably one of the biggest fans in the history of the sport, that I can still sit down last night and have a few pops and see a scrap like that that 1,000% needed to happen, and it did, and and it happened in the confines of how the game is collectively bargained, how it's officiated, and how it's run. With all of the hierarchy there, George Peros and company, with the most senior officials and everybody on hand, they were able to have that fight, provide an entertaining hockey game. I mean, this was a win-win. This was a win-win last night, circa 2020. If this was 19... 90 or 1980, you'd be talking about an extra 90 minutes on this game and a full-scale bench clean brawl would have ensued. And guess what? I would have loved every second of that too. But that was then. This is now. And what I saw last night, I enjoyed tremendously. Right, listen, I'll say this quickly. I knew in my heart Tuchuk was going to fight him. I knew he was. I knew he was. I knew there was no way. A young man, alpha male, was going to take the 17 or 18 days it's been of you couldn't, he couldn't have turned on his phone without seeing somebody reference him as a turtle. And that's exactly what he did two and a half weeks ago. And yeah, he drew the penalty and yeah, they won the game and yeah, the two points, you got to make the playoffs. I get all that. But guess what? You have an opportunity to fight. He needed to do it last night to just put that out there. And he did. And he did it admirably, even though he lost. But it was no big loss. This isn't Dave Schultz on Dale Rawl for, you know, or, or, or take any of the most one-sided fights in history. It was not that, for God's sake. So they had a little tiff. They got it done. We got a great game out of it, other than Giordano on McDavid, which is by far the most dangerous play of the whole night. Yeah. And uh, the fight was, was nothing. And the fact that NHL.com didn't even mention it is whatever. <laughs> whatever. <laughs> Holy lifted, boys. Hey, well, well I tell Jesus. you what, I tell you what, buddy, I, I, I marvel at the way you, uh, you explain all this in the English language, the King's English, man. It is great stuff. I mean, just the way you, cause I'm telling you, brother, you speak for a lot of us. I mean, you, you're, you're, I'm listening to you, man. And, and, and I connect and that's why I love talking to you, man. And I know there's a lot of, a lot of us who grew up with the game, Especially back in the old days, not you know, not going back as far as the '60s, but I mean, it was it was the '70s and the '80s, uh, and into the early '90s. Obviously, is uh, well, it's a gong, it was a gong show. Let's be honest, yeah, right? But I mean, was, the '70s is the most violent decade in the history of sports, and and the '80s is a is its poor man's cousin, only because they they managed to um, 
with, with when the WHA folded and they were able to suck up some of the minor leagues, they managed to eliminate some of the craziness because it got well. Look, I just wrote a book on a guy who was the craziest in that decade, so yep. you know I can speak to that pretty you know pretty eloquently and and knowledgeably because I've I've done my research and not only that I lived through that that decade. We're not living in that time period, so just it's just it's just the people who. Who just who just want it to be just this pacifist game, and that you think you can go out there and not have crap that's going to happen at times? It just it just uh, you know. Sadly though, uh, that's where we're going as a fan base. You know, they're in the minority still. Yeah. They're in the minority, but they're a very vocal minority, and uh, you don't get enough people like me that'll go on because they, they you know what they're they're tired of pissing into the wind, you know, because it's. You get the pushback all the time, and then and then you get you know you get called out as a Neanderthal or a dinosaur or a warmonger or anything else. And I'd like to say, look, I'll put those things on my business card, no problem. So you know, <laughs> it, it it doesn't matter to me. Uh, I enjoyed that last night tremendously. And guess what? Here's a real shocker. I'll be watching on the weekend too. Oh yep. yeah, oh yeah. <laughs> the only difference is uh, it's going to be on a Saturday as opposed to a Wednesday. So I'm going to have about twenty more beers in me. But uh, I'll, I'll be I'll be watching too, and I'm looking forward to it. No, and me too, man. Just uh, like I said, I enjoyed uh, the game. I'm, I mean, you know, just watching the highlights and everything, and, and just your recap is just uh, fantastic. But you know, it's just it's like driving a car with three wheels. You know, the NHL, it's, it's gotta be in there, you know, to keep this car on the road. They, that element of the game is just going to have to stay in it. I mean, you know, we don't want to see anybody get hurt, but yeah, there is a code and, uh, it should definitely be, uh, maintained throughout it. And, you know, last night was, uh, that's why I was asking you, I mean, no doubt about it. I can hear it in your, you know, the way you express yourself, but for me too, like I said, there's hope that, you know, this is going to stay in the game. It has to. I mean, most of us, is like I said, those guys have all come up during the ranks. I mean, when you get to the NHL, it's, it's obviously a little more cleaned up because it's in front of a bigger audience. But, man, you know every one of those kids, no matter just getting through the ranks through midgets and bantam and, and, and juniors, you know, they're getting their butts kicked down there. You know what I'm saying? So it's all part of the uh, the whole, you know, specter of, of, of reaching the NHL and, and, and the way the game is played and, and everything else. So, Good stuff, brother, man. It's uh, like I said, I think, like I said, there's a little hope. It's not that we're in. I know. I love what you said there. You want to fight every night. I think we all do. The fans do, too. Uh, And I'm not trying to be hockey light here. Uh, we just, like I said, we don't want to see anybody get hurt, but man, we don't want to see. Well, sometimes you get hurt, Paulie. Well, no, well, no, let me finish. Let me finish. But we do want to make sure that the pests and the, the, the guys who hit from behind and the cheap shot artists and stuff, they get their due. So that's why it's got to stay in the game because those guys cannot maintain control of the league. <laughs> Bartender, or another one, please. Yes, all right. Well, Seamus is calling last call. Um, let's wrap this up. Hey, buddy, I'm going to throw the uh, toast of the week uh, to you because uh, I, I, I know you got a pretty damn good one. So why don't you take this away uh, before we say goodbye to everybody? Yeah, for sure. I, I'm re- really enjoying this part of uh, of what we do here as so we wrap up the show, Paulie, is uh, – um, there's not the leadoff story in Canada here in our sports cycle all day has been Christine Sinclair. She's a she's a Canadian woman soccer player, and she scored two goals yesterday in a in a Olympic qualifying game, giving her a career total of 185 goals, which is number one for international soccer history. No, I believe she's ahead of any man as well. I, I I think she's a number one scorer in international soccer history. Now, this isn't to be confused with with club games. 
and I don't, I'm not a huge soccer fan, but I'm a fan of what she accomplished yesterday. And uh, my toast goes out to Christine Sinclair for 184th and 185th goal, making her the number one. It's on social media pretty extensively, too. And she's, she started playing for Team Canada at 16 years of age, Polly. And uh, she was the youngest in at that time, and now she's the oldest woman on the team, and she's still leading by example. She's a she's a role model and uh, an incredible athlete, a testament to success and perseverance and and competitive instinct and skill. And uh, that's my toast today is to Christine Sinclair. There you go, raise them up. All right, good stuff, buddy. And you know what, man? Uh, just women in sports. Uh, you know, I have a daughter, and uh, you know, as do I. Me I too. Know, as you do. Yep. I mean, we're. Uh, we're girl dads, um, so they're great inspiration. My daughter's a soccer player, and she's uh, she's fantastic, and she's only ten, and she's thriving. And they they need to have women role models, and and uh, that's a great toast, buddy. I love it, and uh, it's great to hear it. And congratulations to her. Good stuff, man. Right on. Thanks, Polly. All right, brother. That puts a wrap. This round's on me. I know. I I've got the next. I've got about twenty rounds. I owe you from. <laughs> Olympic bets and world championships to juniors and everything. So uh, I got this okay, one. Buddy. <laughs> it's okay, uh, buddy. One time we'll connect soon and uh, we'll catch up on all that. Absolutely. All right, Liam. Say goodbye to everybody. All right, everybody. We'll catch you next week. G'day. All right. Slant, everybody. Thanks so much for listening to Sticks and Taps. Tell the world. Sticksandtaps.com. Cheers, everybody. Have a great weekend.